0: Welcome to the new episode of American Hauntings, the podcast dedicated to the history, hauntings, legends, lore, and the dark side of American history. And finally, welcome to the last episode in our season on Haunted Hollywood, which is, as always, hosted and produced by Cody Beck and written and performed by Troy Taylor. That's me. We hope you've enjoyed this season, although maybe enjoy is not the right word for tales of murder, mayhem, suicide, revenge, and the kind of broken hearts and dreams that only the city of angels can offer. We know it's been a long season, but we had a lot of stories to tell, and we still have just one more. We wanted to make sure that the season went out with a bang, and we couldn't figure out a better person to do that with. But if you somehow have ended up here without listening to everything that came before, we'll encourage you to go back to episode 70 and start from there. Just be aware that the episodes of the season are definitely not suitable for all listeners. So if you continue on from here, you can't say we didn't warn you because we have. 27 times now. So let's get the last party started. I would be willing to say there is not a single Hollywood legend that has inspired as much enthusiasm and outright worship over the years as Marilyn Monroe has. She's one of Hollywood's greatest icons and the facts, rumors, legends, and lies about her life and death have become an essential part of Tinseltown's lore. On the surface, Marilyn seemed to live the glamorous life of a movie star and celebrity, but she was also very private, very smart, and an often very troubled woman. Part of this enduring fame comes from the fact that she was gone too soon, a victim of apparent suicide at the age of only 36. And she remains with us frozen in time, always young, always beautiful. Taken from us too soon, she leaves behind many mysteries, mostly about her death, which refused to go away. Many believe she was murdered, naming one culprit after another, including both the mob and an American president and his brother in her demise. Of course, a secret murder must be linked to a conspiracy to cover up the crime, leading to questions, theories and lingering doubts about what really happened. And thanks to this, the death of Marilyn Monroe just might be one of Hollywood's greatest unsolved mysteries and may provide the reason why her ghost continues to linger in Hollywood today. She was born Norma Jean Mortensen on June 1st, 1926. Her mother Gladys had previously been married to a businessman named John Baker. After that ended, Gladys married a gas company meter man named Martin Mortensen, but they separated in 1925, months before she became pregnant with Norma Jean, making her baby's father one of a number of different candidates. Gladys spent most of her daughter's early years in mental institutions, which meant Norma Jean lived in foster homes and later in an orphanage. Her mother had a messy life, which Norma Jean didn't want for herself. So in June 1942, rather than be sent off to another foster home, the 16-year-old married James Doherty, a 22-year-old aircraft factory worker. Jane was soon drafted and sent overseas during World War II, and Norma Jean worked in a factory inspecting parachutes. Then in 1944, she was photographed by the Army as a promotion to show women on the assembly line contributing to the war effort. One of the photographers asked to take more pictures of her, and the rest is, yes, it's history. By the following spring, she had appeared on the covers of 33 national magazines. But Norma Jean didn't want to be just a model. She wanted to be famous, and the best way to do that was in the movies. In July 1946, the would-be actress screen-tested for 20th Century Fox and was soon signed to a $75 per week contract. The studio selected a new name for her, Marilyn Monroe, and gave her a minor part in the film scud Who hoo Hey. hay And (laughs) no, I've never seen it. That September, she got her first divorce. Marilyn only appeared in a few small parts for Fox and after six months, she was dropped, a decision they'd later regret. She ended up at Columbia Pictures where she signed a new contract for $125 a week. There she earned a part in the musical Ladies of the Chorus. Rumor has it that she ruined her chances on the lot because she refused to do special favors for studio mogul, Harry Cohen. At the time, Marilyn was involved with vocal coach and music arranger, Fred Carger. When he dropped her for another girlfriend though, Marilyn was devastated. In 1949, she met agent Johnny Hyde of the William Morris Agency. He was married, short, unattractive, and 31 years older than Marilyn. Nevertheless, she became involved with a high-powered agent. Who was the one responsible for not only convincing Marilyn to pose nude for a now famous calendar shot, but also for really getting her career off the ground. Her first major role came in 1950 in the asphalt jungle, which earned her great reviews. This was followed by all about Eve and many others. Johnny Hyde died in 1950, but by then Marilyn was doing it all on her own. She was back at Fox and they had groomed her to become the studio's next blonde bombshell. It was all very exciting, but it wasn't perfect, at least as far as Marilyn was concerned. Her rapid rise to fame had stoked her many insecurities, which made her temperamental on and off the set. She was now a marquee attraction and used her newfound power to reject many of the projects the studio tried to push her into, especially those that made her look like a dumb blonde, a part she hated. She asked for more substantial roles, but her requests were ignored, which increased her frustration and added to her lack of self-confidence. In 1952, Marilyn met and fell in love with Joe DiMaggio, the most famous baseball player in the entire country at the time. That same year, she began filming Niagara with Joseph Cotton, a film that would establish her stardom, although gentlemen prefer blondes with Jane Russell, made her a legend. On January 14, 1954, Marilyn and Joe were married. The wedding made headlines all over the world, but the dream romance was never going to last. Joe was a jealous type who thought that Marilyn was going to drop out of the movie business and become a housewife, something she was never destined to be. On the fall of 1954, they separated and were later divorced, but remained friends. And as we'll see later, Joe never stopped loving her. Her personal crisis over Marilyn's stardom continued to grow with the release of the seven year itch. It was perhaps Marilyn's most iconic film. And even those who've never seen it can immediately recognize the scene that includes a white dress and a subway great. In early 1955, against the studio's wishes, Marilyn went to New York and joined the Actors Studio, intent on becoming known as a serious actress. While there, she renewed her acquaintance with playwright Arthur Miller, and the two of them began an affair that would later lead to marriage. To Marilyn, Arthur represented the serious theater. She was much more attracted to his keen intellect than his looks. Marilyn returned to Hollywood in February 1956 after a year-long absence to film Bus Stop. She earned solid reviews for the picture, which prompted her demand for greater control over her films, which is the studio ignored because she was difficult on the set. While as her conflicts with the studio bosses intensified, she drank more and was soon taking prescription pills. Marilyn sought relief from her problems by getting married again. She returned to New York in June and she and Arthur Miller were married on June 29th. She hoped that this kind, older, and intellectual man would help her to deal with her growing problems. But a few months later, Marilyn suffered a miscarriage. It was followed by two more in 1957 and 1958. And during this emotionally draining period, she flew to England to star opposite Sir Lawrence Olivier in The Prince and the Showgirl. It was an unhappy shoot, and the film failed with both audiences and critics. After London, though, she bounced back, She returned to Hollywood to make Some Like It Hot with Jack Lemmon and Tony Curtis, and it would become a favorite of all of Marilyn's films for millions of her fans. Marilyn seemed to be on top of the world, but once again, behind the scenes, she was falling apart. Her unhappiness and sorrow over her miscarriages caused an increased dependency on prescription drugs, especially sleeping pills. The drugs badly affected her work. She was often late in arriving on the set and was unable to remember her lines. In 1960, she began seeing Dr. Ralph Greenson, the so-called psychoanalyst to the stars. As was common during this time, he relied heavily on prescribing barbiturates and tranquilizers, usually both, to accompany his therapy. One got you up in the morning, the other put you to sleep at night. In July 1960, Marilyn started filming The Misfits. The movie was based on a short story by Arthur Miller, but while on location, he and Marilyn lived in separate quarters and barely spoke. The entire set was tense. Marilyn managed to turn in an exceptional performance, even though she was taking so many pills that refills had to be flown in from her doctor. The shoot was also marked by tragedy. On the day after filming was completed, Marilyn's co-star, Clark Gable, suffered a serious heart attack and died. Marilyn felt a tremendous amount of guilt over his death, further aggravating her depression. By late 1960, her marriage with Arthur Miller had completely unraveled. Their divorce became final in Juarez, Mexico in January, 1961. And by this time, Marilyn was out of control. At one point, she was hospitalized and detoxed off all the drugs, but even that didn't help. She became suicidal. And in February, 1961, she was sent to the psychiatric ward at the Payne Whitney clinic, where she was confined for seven horrifying days. She was locked into a padded cell, and Marilyn, even more distraught, called Joe DiMaggio and asked him to rescue her. Joe came running. He immediately got her out of the hospital and took her home. Over the spring and summer of 1961, Marilyn managed to level out, but she was never really herself again. The alcohol, the drugs, the hospitals, and the control that Ralph Greenson had over her had taken their toll. Then in October 1961, Marilyn had her first meeting with President John F. Kennedy at a dinner party that was hosted by his sister, Pat, and his brother-in-law actor Peter Lawford at the couple's home in Santa Monica. A few months later, Marilyn and Kennedy met again at a New York dinner gathering. Their third meeting occurred in late March 1962 at the Palm Springs house of Bing Crosby, where she and Kennedy were both house guests. Allegedly, This is when the president and the movie star began their short-lived affair. That same year, Marilyn purchased the first and only house she ever owned, a Spanish-style home in the Brentwood section of LA. At Dr. Greenson's urging, she hired Eunice Murray as her housekeeper. Murray called herself a nurse, but had no training nor any official credentials. It's thought that Murray was simply a spy for Greenson, who continued to have more and more control over Marilyn's life. He saw her daily whenever she was in Hollywood. In April, Marilyn finally went back to work and started filming a romantic comedy called Something's Got to Give with Dean Martin. She put on a brave face, but underneath it all, she was an emotional wreck. On days when she actually managed to make it to the set, she struggled to remember her lines. There was a lot of tension at the studio at that time. Most of it was caused by the cost overruns on the set of the new Cleopatra film starring Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton. It was way over budget and months behind schedule. Worried executives suggested canceling Maryland's film, which had a lower budget and a smaller cast, and using the money they saved to finish Cleopatra. While well, In protest, Maryland flew to New York to sing Happy Birthday to President Kennedy at Madison Square Garden. The now infamous clip was widely publicized, and Maryland's well-documented absence from the movie set made studio bosses even angrier. Perhaps realizing she'd gone too far. Marilyn was much easier to work with when she returned to Hollywood. But by then it was too late. On June 1st, Marilyn turned 36 and celebrated with a small party on the set. But six days later, Fox fired her for unprofessional antics. The studio also filed a $750,000 lawsuit against their former star and attempted to recast her part in the film. But Dean Martin refused to work with anyone else but Marilyn. Well, cooler heads prevailed and the studio suggested a compromise. After Dean completed some other film commitments, the movie would restart again with Marilyn as the leading lady. No one knew it at the time, but that was never going to happen. In her downtime, Marilyn contemplated some other offers and took a couple of short trips to New York and Mexico City. On August 1st, she signed a contract for $250,000 to finish filming Something's Got to Give. It looked as though things were finally settling down in Marilyn's life, but that wasn't the case. On Saturday, August 4th, 1962, Marilyn was at home all day. Her only guest was her publicist, Pat Newcomb. Later reports would claim that Robert Kennedy, the president's brother, visited the house that day, but There's no proof of that. Around 5 p.m., Dr. Greenson came over for their usual session. Then around 8 p.m., Marilyn went to her bedroom and took the telephone from the hall into her room with her. She made several phone calls that night, including one to Joe DiMaggio's son, Joe Jr., who'd recently broke up with his girlfriend. Marilyn had called to console him. She also called Peter Lawford to cancel a dinner invitation. Marilyn allegedly said to Lawford, quote, Peter, I don't think I'm gonna make it tonight because they don't feel well. Will you say goodbye to Pat and to Jack and to yourself because you're a nice guy? Lawford supposedly became concerned about the goodbye portion of her call and wanted to rush over to check on her, but was advised not to. As the president's brother-in-law, it could generate adverse publicity for everyone if there actually was something amiss. Lovely people, right? But Peter genuinely cared for Marilyn, and while he didn't go over to her house, he did continue to try and check on her that night. After being unable to reach Marilyn, he called her agent and he called the house. Eunice Murray answered the call at 930 p.m. and said that the telephone extension was still in Marilyn's room, so she must be fine. She always placed the telephone outside her room at night. She had trouble sleeping and didn't want it to be disturbed if it rang. It's unknown how many other calls came into or were made from Marilyn's house that night. The telephone records for the night of August 4th mysteriously disappeared after being obtained by the authorities from the phone company. According to the official count of Maryland's death, Eunice Murray noticed a light shining under her bedroom door at about midnight. She later changed that time to 325 a.m. The police were not called until an hour after that. But it gets even weirder. Eunice Murray first claimed that she had called Dr. Greenson at midnight because she was worried about Marilyn. She later changed that time. But Peter Lawford, who was still calling, claimed that he'd been told Marilyn had died around midnight. Her attorney, Milt Rudin, also said he'd been told she died around midnight by Dr. Greenson himself. What we do know is that at some point, Greenson told Murray to go outside and look into Marilyn's window because she was not answering when Murray knocked on the door. She said that her view of Marilyn on the bed looked, quote, peculiar. So she telephoned Dr. Greenson and asked him to come over. When he arrived, he broke one of the glass panes of the bedroom's French doors and entered her bedroom. Marilyn seemed to be unconscious. Greenson then called Marilyn's personal doctor, Dr. Hyman Engelberg, who pronounced Marilyn dead at the scene. Either a short time or an hour later, depending on who's telling the story, the police were summoned to the house. When LAPD Sergeant Jack Clemens arrived, he found several people at the house, including the two doctors and Eunice Murray. Clemens later said, quote, it looked like a convention and added something, quote, wasn't kosher. Clemens noted that he found Marilyn lying naked face down and at an angle on the bed in the sparsely furnished master bedroom. He said that her arms seemed to be reaching out for the nearby telephone. An empty bottle of sleeping pills was found next to the bed. There were 10 to 14 other bottles on the nightstand, all of them containing prescription medicines of various kinds, all of which had been prescribed by Dr. Greenson. Marilyn's body was taken to the Westwood Village Mortuary and the house was sealed and placed under guard. Later in his own writings about that night, Sergeant Clemens recalled that Eunice Murray was running the washing machine when he arrived. It was in the middle of the night and she had just found her employee dead, which made washing clothes, seemed like a very odd thing to do. When he asked her about it, and well, about anything that happened that night, he noted that she acted strangely and was evasive with her answers. Detective Sergeant Robert E. Byron, who arrived on the scene a few minutes after Clemens, also wrote in his report that Murray acted oddly. He wrote, quote, it is this officer's opinion that Mrs. Murray was vague and possibly evasive in answering questions pertaining to the activities of Miss Monroe during this time. Conspiracy theorists have used Murray's behavior that tragic night as proof there was something inappropriate and fishy going on and that perhaps the housekeeper knew more about it than she was letting on. But I'll let you decide that for yourself because her story isn't over yet. Marilyn's body was later taken to the county morgue where Los Angeles County Deputy Medical Examiner Thomas T. Noguchi conducted the high-profile autopsy. Noguchi would later claim that because of his youth and relative inexperience, he made several mistakes in the case. He also went on to claim that he was pressured by his supervisors to sign an autopsy report that attributed Marilyn's death to acute barbiturate poisoning, ingestion of overdose. It was ruled a suicide. Oddly, though, no traces of barbiturates were found in her stomach, her intestines, or in her liver. After the body was released by the coroner, Joe DiMaggio came to Marilyn's rescue once more. He flew from San Francisco to supervise the funeral arrangements. Marilyn was buried at Westwood Memorial Park, where for the next several decades, red roses were delivered to her crypt each week, courtesy of DiMaggio. Joe died at the age of 85 in 1999, and until the day he died, he regretted losing Marilyn, and told his friends that he had hoped to remarry her. Reportedly, not long before his death, Joe told his attorney and friend, Morris Engelberg, quote, I'll finally get to see Marilyn again. Marilyn was gone, but she was not forgotten. And she certainly was not allowed to rest in peace. Many refused to believe she committed suicide, generating controversy and conspiracies that continue to this day. The most popular theories claim that she'd been silenced to protect the reputation of the Kennedy family or as revenge against the Kennedys or something worse. It's true, there are a lot of inconsistencies in the various stories of that night, but whether a plot existed to kill Marilyn Monroe remains a mystery. And it doesn't help that so many of the accounts that have emerged in recent years are so crazy. For instance, a man named Walter Schaefer, owner of the private Schaefer Ambulance Company, claimed that he received a call at about 2 a.m. on the night of Marilyn's death. She was still alive when he got to her home and he delivered her to Santa Monica Hospital, where she died in the emergency room. He didn't have an explanation for how she was found back in her house, naked on the bed, reaching for the telephone. Someone moved her body, he shrugged. And then there's a story about Peter Lawford from the always reliable source of an ex-wife. Deborah Gold, the ex, claimed that Peter and a private detective went to Marilyn's house to quote, clean things up after she was found dead and that Peter destroyed a note she'd written. Deborah also stated that Peter told her quote, Marilyn took her last big enema. At the time of her death, the actress had allegedly been having trouble with bowel movements because of all the prescription drugs she was taking, but Deborah claimed that wasn't what he meant. She claimed Marilyn had been given an enema that contained an overdose of drugs. Because if Peter Lawford was involved somehow, that linked Marilyn's death to the Kennedys, the source of all the best, if that's the right word, conspiracy theories. Her death happened for one simple reason the theorists claim because of her affair with John Kennedy. If there was actually an affair and how serious it was, if it occurred is still the subject of debate. We do know that they knew each other and Kennedy did have a track record of having women on the side, but the evidence is still pretty circumstantial. White house telephone logs do show that they spoke on the phone numerous times, yet proving the two had an actual affair has been problematic. Somewhere along the line, the president's brother, Robert Kennedy, was also added to the mix. Bobby Kennedy flew to LA on August 1st, just days before Marilyn's death, to give a speech for the California Bar Association. The stories say that he saw Marilyn later that evening at Peter Lawford's house during a hastily scheduled dinner party. Some have speculated that Marilyn organized the dinner herself, while others claim that Bobby arranged the evening primarily to tell Marilyn to stay away from his brother. But it didn't go as planned and Bobby ended up sleeping with Marilyn which complicated the situation even further. Their meeting ended badly though with Bobby again warning her to stay away from the Kennedys. That forced Marilyn who was already emotionally distraught to threaten to expose the contents of a diary she kept. Contents that allegedly contained some pretty unsavory information regarding her affair with the president and about the Kennedys collusion with organized crime. Which brings us to the other most popular theory. This one claims Maryland was killed by the mob. The Kennedys did have ties with organized crime that dated all the way back to prohibition when Joseph Kennedy was building his fortune with bootlegging. It's also claimed that during the 1960 election, the mob put their muscle behind John Kennedy, especially in Chicago, to ensure that he won the presidency. In return, they were given assurances that mob activities would be untouched during the Kennedy administration. But by 1962, it had become painfully obvious that the Kennedys had no intention of keeping up their end of the bargain. In 1960, for example, a mere 19 organized crime figures had been indicted. But within the first two years of the Kennedy administration, 121 mafia bosses were indicted by the attorney general, who just happened to be Robert Kennedy. That left the mob with only one solution to get the Kennedys out of the way. They tried to do this first by revealing the president's messy affair with Marilyn, then arranging her death. So the Kennedys appeared to be involved. And finally, and we are not getting into all of that, killing John Kennedy in Dallas with Lee Harvey Oswald as a patsy, a patsy who was then killed in a parking garage by Jack Ruby, a Chicago strip bar owner with ties to the mob. But listen, let's not get down that rabbit hole. The mob's plan, if there was a plan, didn't really work out though. The possible connection between Maryland and the Kennedys would not really become a part pop of popular culture until long after almost everyone involved was dead. And the only reason that we started talking about it at all was because of Norman Mailer's biography of Maryland, which was published in 1973. In most versions of the conspiracy, Bobby Kennedy was Maryland's actual killer, or at least he ordered it to be done. It wasn't until Mailer's book that people began to theorize that Marilyn had an affair with Bobby too, and that her involvement with the Kennedys is what led to her death. Mailer was savaged by the critics for his claims, which are of course pretty mainstream today, but weren't back then. When Mailer said that he thought it was more likely that Marilyn died from an accidental overdose, he was asked why he felt the need to bring the Kennedys into the whole mess. His reply, quote, I needed money very badly. If there really was some sort of conspiracy involved with Marilyn's death, a more obvious one would involve her analyst, Dr. Greenson. He was the one who provided Marilyn with her drugs, and on that day, he had brought her a new prescription for Nembutal, a sedative used to treat insomnia. When the crime scene was examined by police detectives, the bottle of pills was empty. All 50 of them were gone. Those who believe that she committed suicide have suggested she simply swallowed all 50 of them. And yet, why were there no traces of the drugs in her stomach or intestinal tract? If she took all those pills, she would have had to administer them, all 50 of them, rectally. Yikes. She could have done this on her own, but if she was trying to kill herself, it seems more plausible that she would have just swallowed them. So if they went up a rectum, someone else likely did the dirty deed. But why? What did he have to gain from Marilyn's death? Well, I don't think he probably had anything to gain. I believe that Marilyn died of an overdose, but I don't think it was suicide. I do think it was an accident though, likely involving Eunice Murray and by extension, Dr. Greenson, since he'd gotten Marilyn to hire the untrained nurse in the first place. And also because he was the one giving her all the pills. I think all the odd time lapses, strange stories, and bizarre things that Murray and Greenson did that night were all to cover up Marilyn's accidental death. And their part in it but who knows i'm not an expert and there have been hundreds of books and articles written about marilyn's death and so far no one has been able to solve any of the mysteries that are linked to it what it boils down to is that marilyn's death was strange and possibly suspicious on the other hand she had been plagued with mental and emotional issues all her life just like her mother had she didn't deal with her fame very well and she'd had bad luck with relationships so it's also possible she decided to kill herself or as i suggested it was just an accident who knows maybe someone did kill her for any of the reasons alleged by the numerous conspiracy theories or maybe it was for some other reason altogether no one knows let's face it no one's ever gonna know and maybe that's the reason as listeners to this podcast know Marilyn's ghost is still said to linger at so many places in Hollywood like Valentino she is a very well-traveled spirit Perhaps the most likely spot to find her ghost is her former home in Brentwood. Loomer has it that her spirit was encountered many times in the room where she died, including by another troubled young woman who lived in the house, Anna Nicole Smith. Before her own early death, she claimed to frequently see and feel Marilyn's spirit in the house. One of the most famous locations where Marilyn's ghost has been encountered has been at the Hollywood Roosevelt Hotel. A hotel employee named Suzanne Leonard was the first to encounter Marilyn's spectral image in a mirror that was hanging in a hotel office, but she hasn't been the last. It was later learned that that mirror once hung in Marilyn's favorite suite, which she often used when she wanted to escape from the pressures of her career. Apparently, Marilyn has been encountered in other ways at that hotel, too. Singer Nick Lachey. Told a friend in 2006 that he'd entered an elevator in the hotel and was stunned to see a gorgeous blonde dressed in a sexy 1950s style evening dress. When he pressed the button for his floor and then turned around for a better look, the woman had vanished. Lachey was convinced that the phantom was Marilyn Monroe. Marilyn has also been reported at a getaway spot far from LA in Lake Tahoe. Lakeview Cabin Number Three was Marilyn's favorite place to stay at the Cal Neva Resort, a resort also frequented by Frank Sinatra, whose ghost has also been spotted there at a bungalow he owned in the early 1960s. Back home, though, Marilyn's ghost has also been seen in her crypt in Westwood Village Memorial Park. This haunting is reportedly connected to Joe DiMaggio's weekly delivery of roses to her grave, which ended with the slugger's death in '99. Other admirers still leave flowers and other items at her grave today, but it's Joe's roses that Marilyn Specter allegedly waits for. A number of people claim that they have spotted her as a filmy cloud hovering nearby as she waits for her roses to be delivered to her tomb. Truth, fiction, or wishing so hard for something to happen you imagine it does? Who can say? Whatever the answer, Marilyn seems to have left an impression on Hollywood in more ways than one. Thanks for listening to this season, guys. I know the episode isn't over yet. Cody and I still have a little talking to do before it all ends. But I just wanted to say again for myself, thank you for your patience with this season. I hope you've enjoyed it and that you've had a lot of fun with it. And I hope you'll stick around to see what we've got coming up next. Thanks.
1: that's so, how they do it yeah oh uh, fuck okay good yeah all right on that note on go. that note thanks for tuning into the american hauntings podcast the show where we discuss history hauntings legends lore and the dark side of american history we are now we're ending this season the five end. of the podcast it's haunted hollywood i'm your co-host cody beck and with me is my co-host author historian crime buff and the founder of american hauntings troy taylor it's
0: kind of the end. Um, oh, as it turned God. out... Well, now, remember, he knows this. He's pretending he doesn't. But um, as it turned out, I had a few stories that I could not fit. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I, I'm not adding oh. anything. So oh, we're we're attack. just going to add those last few stories to, uh for Patreon extra shows. So they'll have some that'll carry them a little later into the year Thank on um, Patreon. So, but yeah, and you don't have to do anything with them. I'll, I'll take care of them myself. Uh, hold on. I'm I'll gonna, just, well, You know okay, I'm going to have to You'll have to edit them. them, but, you know, I'm going to send them to you. You don't have Perfect. to talk on them. So, um, and, oh, and just as a bonus. Uh-huh. As one of these Patreon bonus episodes, Uh there will be an Orson Welles ghost story. Oh, my God. (laughs) I finally tracked one (laughs) down. And I thought, you know what? I cannot, even if it's not a long one, I cannot past this. You up. can't not do it. No, I can't. Not you at, not at this point. You gotta give the people what they want. No, I got Not at this point. What they annoyingly want. So I can't want. believe this is been all this time. We've drugged this out. Uh, really oh, I love an old Orson Welles. I know you do. Oh, and well, you know what makes it even better? With we're no. recording this. I know we're recording this on October 30th. Yes. Do you know what October 30th is the anniversary of? The War of the Worlds radio broadcast oh, by Orson Welles. Okay. So, yeah. Nice. You know, you <laughs> so should do a bonus a episode of, just on that. Or did you I, already do that? Well, I was actually going to do that as part of the uh-huh. bonus episode. So that's a cool that, story. Yeah, the, a little bit about War of the Worlds and some of his other stuff and then ended up with the ghost stories. So, gotcha. Yeah. So, All right. it will be in a, it will be a Patreon episode. So. I will Unfortunately, so if you guys really want to hear listen. it, you're going to have to sign up for Patreon, so. Can Which a lot of people out? have this month. There has been a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's frightening. It's it's a a spooky
1: season, man. Yeah,
0: it is. It is. They're trusting us
1: they are well like you said it is um, i mean we are at the end that we are uh, you know yeah. of I october mean, technically
0: they're gonna hear this on the second so sure. it's as close to halloween as we could get it planned out but yeah we are, the season
1: was so damn long oh god <laughs>
0: well you know i guess we could have flip flopped our movie episode from last week but you uh don't i not with tradition. that was fun man yeah so those are always fun yeah we got a lot of and we'll have another one about we'll that we'll have another one in yes before the end of the year i saw antlers i know you did and we haven't and talked we have, about it. We talk about it because okay. we haven't I'm I'm afraid I'm not gonna I, I'm gonna try everything's uh, just been so busy I'm gonna try to see it before yeah I I want to get it onto my list one way or the other because sure. I got a lot of stuff on my list I know so. you're gonna want to talk about it yeah oh well, I know I'm sure so mm, we can save that awesome um I, well I know
1: you got you gotta you have multiple things going on even tonight I know but uh, a lot of people think that everything kind of ends when Halloween's <laughs> over no. that's not the case no.
0: what's what's up for the rest of the year no, and for, we, for well, next year? I mean well as far as coming up for the rest of this year, um, a lot of stuff that's already full. Yeah. (laughs) So every weekend between now and Christmas, I'm still busy every weekend. That's awesome. Um, I have Thanksgiving weekend off. That's it. Okay. Um, I know. So, but yeah, we did, we did add a river road tour uh, for the 19th of November, which is, I added day before yesterday Mm -hmm. and it's uh, over half full already. Nice. Uh, But that's uh, our friend, Sam's birthday, uh-huh. so she's going to be back in town. So I said, "Well, we might as well do a river road tour." Might we as well. did one for my birthday, so. Uh, but yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be fun, and so then we've got our Spirits of Christmas thing on the 11th of December, which uh, that actually isn't sold out, but it's getting close. But then we've already posted stuff for the New Year. I mean, Dead of Winter's already up. We've got mm-hmm. all kinds of dinners, river road tours. All through the winter and people think why would I want to take a ghost tour in the winter because that's the best time that is true it's better than now yeah it's chilly but winter is ghost season Mm -hmm. I mean it's really not I mean despite what we all think it's really not October I know we've talked about this before but to the the ancient people and even to Victorian era I mean Mm -hmm. 150 years ago Halloween was the the kind of the end of the year kind of thing. You know, yeah. the next day was always like the New Year's, and it was just the the beginning of like the dark season. You know, it wasn't it wasn't you not you didn't celebrate all the way up until Halloween. You started with Halloween, right? And that's when things got spooky. So we try to keep that alive by doing. Ghostly stuff in the winter. Yeah,
1: I I love it, because this is the time
0: I get to pile on my seasonal depression on
1: top of the regular depression. I know,
0: but well, and that's one of the other reasons we always try to do stuff, because there's nothing to do. That's true. People complain because, and I get it, I mean, I complain too, there's nothing to do. Once you get past the holidays, which suck anyway, but (laughs) once you get past the holidays, there's nothing to do. So we jam up January, February, and March. With stuff, man. Yeah. I mean, dead of winter. And so that's a blast. So we've always got something going on. So anytime you're wondering if we've got something, go check out the website because I guarantee you we do. Do you have any new stuff or any like uh, new dinners or anything that's different? Yeah, I've added a few things Um, there. I'm bringing back some of the ones that uh, like uh, we're doing the. Evening with or dinner with the Donner Party. Oh yeah, yes. <laughs> at the end of Classy. January, because that's when you want to talk about the Donner Party mm-hmm. in the winter time. So we did bring that back, and you know we've got some more of the St. Louis Exorcism, the uncensored ones coming up. Oh yeah, and uh, I added one for in February, which is Evening with the American Witch, which is just um, you know it's going to be Salem witch trials, witchcraft stories, folk uh-huh. magic, all that kind of stuff. So that'd be kind of fun because it's a different. You know, witchcraft in America, the, the legendary, the history of it is a little different than Europe and that kind of yeah. thing. It's a lot more rootsy and a lot more, you know, um, related to areas and things. It, it'll be it'll be fun. It's uh, it, I've been putting that together and I'm looking forward to that one. So, yeah, so I have been adding some new things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've got a new book coming out, which I'm not going to talk about yet. Of course yet. you do, yeah. Um, it's uh, It'll be a holiday release for this year, and it is a holiday themed, okay. so to speak, about something from the. Ho- By the time you guys hear this, within a week or so, I'll have announced everything. All right. Yeah, I have uh, no but idea. It is finished, and it's just in the finishing product. Product checks. I just now. don't understand I, how you out so just, many books. I had some. Well, I. Got all of our stuff done early, so I had some extra time. So I like I'm accomplished.
1: I like I wrote five emails today. No, but it, but still, you're just you're just. I wrote a book this out. morning. Uh, yeah, no, I,
0: no, not this morning. Gosh, all right, well,
1: uh, not to stroke your ego anymore, but let's get into some listener reviews oh, sure, sure. of people that uh, like the podcast and like what we're doing. This well, one, that's good. yeah, I know, right? Um, it's a nice change. Yeah. This one is titled "Even Better in Person." It's from oh boy. Cocoa Chip.
0: I don't know why you try to I know. it's I know. And I also, I just can't. Gibberish, I just yeah. can't. No, this one probably no, makes the, sense. Not I just the can't emails, read. I mean the, the, the names. names. No, no,
1: I know. I know. just can't read, too. Um, this says, Living in the St. Louis area, I've read and owned many of Troy's books. I found the podcast two years ago. It gets better with every season. I appreciate the depth of research done for his books and this podcast. I was fortunate enough to attend the River Road tour this weekend and greatly enjoyed the evening. Troy couldn't nice. have been nicer. I've been a fan of his work for years. They oh, well, say that was nice. They say you should never meet your hero I was not sure about that. I was very pleased to meet Troy. Thanks for all that you do, Dan. It's just somebody going out of their way to yeah, call you no, nice. nice. I yeah. To, well, like,
0: you know, I I, I can't be to highlight it. I can't be nice. Um, You're a nice guy. No, I'm okay. Um, <laughs> my thing, my my thing. With a lot of times with those the the in person things is that I'm I'm a I am a moody individual. Uh, but I uh-huh. do enjoy doing those. Yeah. And, you know, I, I tend to reflect back what you get. If somebody comes up to me, you know, a Karen complaining about something, they're probably not going to be my favorite <laughs> people on the tour since we haven't even left yet. But, yeah. you know, I do remember Dan actually. So, and we had a really good time on that tour. Well, that was awesome. he He came the, the week when the twins were here. We had a really good time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's that awesome. with That weekend, we had a couple of tours that weekend. So. Yeah, it was well, great. Fun, well, yeah, so. I told you. I told you I
1: left a wedding last night at yeah. the best man speech. Yeah. I was like, I'm yeah. done
0: with people. Uh-huh. Uh, so I totally get it. Uh,
1: this next one, this last review is titled "Haunted Hollywood." It's from, Hollywood. It's from Paranormal 66 See that hey, one? That one, one. Nailed, it. Right. Nailed it. Nailed it. it. Says, "I love this season with like a thousand exclamation points." <laughs> um, I loved hearing all the ghost stories from Hollywood. I'm gonna hate it when it ends. I've been a paranormal investigator for Cody over... is
0: too. Oh no, my he's god! Crying
1: over it. Uh, been, been a paranormal investigator for over 35 years. I've listened to many podcast shows throughout the years. I usually get bored with most. Most of them except for yours. I'm hooked, you guys. Uh, keep up, Keep the good episodes coming. That's from Paul. Um, yeah, I wonder like, what it is about when people say, like, you know, I get bored with podcasts or whatever, especially things about paranormal. What is it about ours? It can't be the host and no, our, our dynamic. Not, no. What is it that people keep coming I back for? What do you think it's different? The-
0: I, honestly, I think that the main thing is is that the way that we break it in half. Yeah, that's, you get the um, best of both worlds yeah, if I you think choose, so, kind of. You can do whichever one you want or or do both, and that was always what we said we wanted to do. We didn't want to. I mean, if we had a if we were doing a, a movie podcast, then it would be us just sitting and, and talking, shooting the shit. Yeah. But because we do something with a history behind it. Doing it the way that we do it. And I like a lot of podcasts like that, too. I like both. Mm -hmm. um, But I wanted what we did to be both.
1: Do you you listen to other podcasts that do what we do, where it's like a scripted
0: monologue Mm, and then a breakdown? Because I don't. No, I don't either, now that you mention it. Um, Most of the stuff on my list, um, the stuff I regularly listen to in my show library is mostly, it's either people talking about horror movies mm. or, you know, it's someone telling a story, of a crime story or whatever. Yeah. Or it's, um, you know, like a... Dramatized. I listen to yeah, some of those yeah, yeah. too. But I really love those I guess audio dramas. I'm looking at stuff here, and I really don't think that I listen to anything. It's either be like it's got to be more out there. It's
1: I'm that sure, scary but, thing of we either have a very novel idea or yeah, it's really, it's it's really stupid, yeah. and that's why people <laughs> that's don't. That's why do no it. one has it. <laughs> yeah. yeah no. Oh man. Well, are you ready to dive <laughs> sure, into the, sure. last the last episode of, of the scene. regular I am season. Ready. season? Yes. Okay. I told everybody. I said I'm not going to give any spoilers, but we're talking about um, the suspicious death of a blonde bomb. And I'm not talking about myself. (laughs) Right. Everyone laughed because it was classic comedy. Um,
0: (laughs) I'll be here all week.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I'll be here all week. Um, On you said on the surface, Marilyn seemed to live like a glamorous life. She's like the epitome of, I guess you don't really know what happens behind closed doors, kind of thing. And I think she really sums up a lot of what we talked about this Hollywood season. You know, and and people, um, I think it takes a special kind of person to handle. Fame, yeah, especially that kind of
0: fame, I think. Yeah, and, and it to be, you know, to want something different than what she has, uh, and only because I think she enjoyed what she did, but she wanted to be a serious actor, and no one would take her seriously yeah. because blonde bombshell. And I think she always wanted to be taken seriously, which is what attracted her to guys like Arthur Miller and mm-hmm. things like that. You know, Um they because they were serious people, and you know, she was seen as. Not serious. I mean, and her roles mostly not all. I mean, she she did some dramatic roles that are great. Mm-hmm. But normally she would be, it's some like it hot, you know, seven-year itch. I mean, that's what you think of yeah. when you think of of Marilyn and I think that deep down she was extremely insecure um, I think she suffered from you know imposter syndrome which so many people do that sure. they're seen as something really great and but deep down they don't think they are and I think a lot of people deal with that mm-hmm. that get into all kinds of different parts of writing and and show business and acting and all that directing you name it yeah. you know I think everybody I think that are successful deal with that kind of thing and I think she was a very fragile person underneath and I think that this just Hollywood just ate her alive. Yeah. I mean I really
1: do. Do you think I mean do you think there if there are people that don't suffer from imposter syndrome, are they just like sociopath narcissistic type like I feel like
0: everybody I think most people who have any kind of success will
1: You have to, right? You
0: have to because if yeah, if not you are yeah, you're deranged.
1: Yeah, um, I wonder why everybody feels least, so alone. Like I, that, the, 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 I don't know. the only person going people that. don't want
0: to talk about it. Yeah. they don't talk about it much. And but, I mean, if you don't, then you're Mickey Rourke. You know, I mean, sure. So <laughs> yeah. it, who just you know continually thinks they're like the, the greatest thing to walk the earth? There's always going to be that. There's always those people too. And and the entertainment industry breeds those kind of people as well mm-hmm. you know yeah so well, i think it goes both ways that's
1: a good point uh born norma jean mortensen june 1st 1926 uh norma jean was a great hardcore band back in the day i'm pretty sure that's probably <laughs> where they where they took I that name think so uh, her mother uh, glad not gladys, gladys. Is it is gladys? Yeah, gladys okay yeah. um spent most of her daughter's early years in a mental institution uh norma didn't want a messy life like her mother had so at 16 she married instead of being sent away to another foster home that's got to be like terrible kind of like we've
0: got a great choice choice you know? yeah God. um and that's that's something and it's completely off topic sure but not uh um, as we do but yeah well when i was writing about what happened to all the the children that survived the donner party because <clears> that was mostly the children who survived and all of these girls who lost their parents they're stuck in california they're it's what are they gonna the do? 1840s they're look how far they are from home what are they going to do Can't there's no way to get home, Mm. so a lot of them just ended up either if you wait, were taken in by a family, they got married at 14, 13 years old, and some of them had horrible lives because of it, you know. And this is the same kind of thing, she just marries this guy who seems like a nice enough guy, and because it's better than going to another foster home. I mean, that's that's horrible so that's, the, that's the kind of choices you want to real have. sophie's choice yeah, yeah she's no kidding, uh, man. she's
1: eventually photographed on the assembly line contributing to the war effort um i could totally see her on some posters for this oh yeah well stuff. yeah i've seen the
0: pictures <laughs> yeah. yeah that they used for the magazine and you know then she started doing the the, the you know some of the not i would say pen up stuff but that came later mm-hmm. uh but some of the photos and stuff she did and I, i'll be honest with you i think that she was the prettiest mm-hmm. when she still had red hair, young, oh, Okay, you know, just with a big smile on her face when she didn't have to, all she had to do for the camera was smile. Mm-hmm. She didn't have to be Marilyn, Marilyn Monroe. Monroe. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, um, they're pretty amazing to see a lot of her old pictures yeah. and realize that, you know, what a cute girl she was and how happy she looks in those And then to think about how things turned out because I mean she was so young when she died. Right. Right. And it's just I don't know. I I feel this was one that I wanted to end this season with because I've always just felt so bad for her. Sure. You know, and she's just one of those people that you just can't help but think she just got it used and abused by everybody. Mm -hmm. You know, from the doctors to guys she dated. I think honestly, I think the Only guy that and I think I made it clear how I felt about Joe DiMaggio in this episode. I think this is a good dude. And I think he really, really cared for her, but I think that she wanted things Joe didn't, Mm -hmm. and vice versa. Sure. And I think that it just wouldn't work out. But he stuck with her forever. To the end of her life. He stuck with her. Even after she died, right. But I mean he when she needed help. All she'd do was call him when she got put in that middle oh, institution. Right, right, right. All she did was call and he man, he showed up and cleaned house, man. I yeah, mean, he was pissed. I bet and he got there and took he just got her out of there. And what did I mean he was Joe DiMaggio, <laughs> right, And I right. mean he was the exact he was the sports equivalent of Marilyn Monroe at the time. Uh-huh. I mean they were the top A of the field. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely.
1: Um so. so okay aside from like pop culture references and things like that I've never watched a movie with with Marilyn Monroe really? like what, yeah what what is she like as an actress what would you recommend I mean, somebody she, I out? think
0: she's really a great actress because she could play this she was very smart mm-hmm. um like um you know, we were talking about. Um,
1: oh, I know, I know who
0: you're. Oh my to say. God, I was just about said Mamie Van Doren, but that wasn't no. it. Uh, Jane Mansfield. There you go. Who was extremely smart, and yet no one would take her seriously. Mm-hmm. And I think Marilyn had some of the same problems. It's like the I mean, Curse they of wanted, Beauty kind of thing. They well, you know, it was a it was a time period. They both were in that same time period where their popularity came from, and they were both smart women in a very misogynistic business at the time. And they thought, well, no, that hasn't changed much, but, but they also, they, people wanted the demand was for these kind of bubbly, you know, airhead types. And so, I mean, her movies are great. I mean, she's, she's a great actress. She's very funny. Mm -hmm. Um, Seven Year Itch is a great movie. I prefer Some Like It Hot okay um, that's that's probably my favorite one Tony Curtis and Jack Lemmon it's you, you probably don't even no, remember this I sh- show remember Bosom Buddies
1: I haven't heard of the yeah, show but I know Jack Tom Lemmon because yeah. Jack, Jack Lemmon was a grumpy old man yeah yeah yeah. 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 yeah okay. but they were
0: obviously much younger <laughs> yes, but they wanted yes. to get into a, they were musicians and they couldn't get jobs so they ended up joining a women's band dressed as women oh, boy. which was very funny at the time I mean uh-huh. it was a, and even when Tom Hanks and Peter Sklari did uh, Bosom Buddies the same kind of thing they mm-hmm. were these two young guys who ne- were, couldn't find a good place to live in New York, so they found out about this uh, apartment building that was for all women, and so they dressed oh up boy. as okay. Phoebe and I can't think of their name Buffy, no Buffy, and I can't remember. I don't remember the name. Romeo and Michelle. No. The, the movie was funny, or the TV show was was pretty funny. Oh, it was and it a was show. early Tom Hanks. Yeah, it was a okay. it was a TV show, but it's the same. It's a similar theme, and that's a that's a that's a fun movie. But I mean, she did, you know, plenty of other things, you know, toward, especially later in her career. Um, I'm not a huge fan of gentlemen prefer blondes. I'm not. I'm not a big Jane Russell fan, and I don't. Um, and it's a little too musical for me. But, but that's the
1: one you said made her a legend. It did.
0: It did, and it it really it put her on top. You know, some of her early stuff didn't wasn't seen until later. Mm-hmm. You know, but yeah, it's. Um, I I think that if you get a chance, sit down and watch. Um, you know, bus stop or, um, some like it hot. That's Mm the one I would recommend for a, for a first timer on Marilyn Monroe. Okay. It's just a good movie. And I think you, I think you'd enjoy it. You, you get a lot of laughs out of it. So. Okay. You
1: mentioned earlier, um, she and Joe didn't really seem eye to eye. So they, they get married, but it wouldn't last. What, okay. What is it about, I don't know if it's just the, the guys at the top of their field or whatever, but they marry these women who are ambitious as hell. And then they think.
0: Oh, they'll settle down and be something completely different. But that was the stand that was how things worked at the time.
1: Even with women at like the
0: top of their game. It didn't matter. This was an era in American history, maybe world history, but I can speak to American history where women were expected to be housewives. Stay home, have kids, take care of the house. That was the standard. That's what people expected. Mm -hmm. Because let's be honest, that's what most people did at the time. Sure. When you got married, you know, the, you could live on one salary back then. It's uh-huh. not like now. In the 1950s, you could live on one salary. Um, you'd have the man who goes to work each day. You know, they have a nice car, a nice automobile. They've got a nice house. White he picket fence. He goes to work. White picket fence. Goes to work. Comes home with it. You know, goes to the ad agency or whatever. Like <laughs> right, wished, right, right. Right, right. Um, goes to work. Comes home. Um, you know, his wife has a martini waiting for him when he comes in the door, and his slippers in the and the newspaper. Got the apron on. Yeah, still. <laughs> he sits down in the living room God. and reads the paper, Kill and me. she makes dinner, and you know, makes sure the kids did their homework, and you know, that's that was, idyllic American life. Yeah, leave it to Beaver kind of 50s. stuff. Exactly. Yeah, Ex- Leave It to Beaver is a perfect example of what that was like, and like I said, even Bewitched, and that was the '60s, right. but it was the same kind of thing. I mean, I know we're talking about, you know, Samantha the Witch. But yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. Just yeah. the idea of it. You're right. You know, watch Mad Men. You know, if you watch Mad Men, that's you get a lot of that. And then that's when things... But that's a show about the shifting of society. Where mm-hmm. the Women started to no longer just be secretaries anymore. Yeah. You know, and this was the same thing. And I think he was raised very traditionally, you know, in an Italian household. Um, remember, too, that, you know, at this, during this time period... It wasn't it was getting better but you know italians were still um um you know not well they weren't they weren't white Mm -hmm. they weren't all white right you know i mean dean martin uh frank sinatra these are the guys that started to kind of cross that line into people seeing them as as you know entertainers that were not you know and then so you got Jimaggio, who's you know slamming, battering, whatever the (laughs) hell his nickname was. Right, right. You're talking about Joe and he's, you know, he is the top of his field and people started to see Italians as different. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this was a time period that was starting to change. But he grew up in a household where his father worked and his mother took care of the house. Yeah. So that's what he thought it was going to be like. And it wasn't. It wasn't. Talking about Marilyn Monroe, it's not that going to be that way. She has a career of her own and it just did not, did not fly. Right. And it was at that point that Marilyn started to kind of balk at a lot of the things the studios wanted to. Yes. You know, by going to New York and joining the actor's studio and stuff, it's like, that is not what they wanted. They wanted her to just be this bimbo actress, and she wants to be a serious actress, and that's not what they wanted out of her. And you talk about, so with the,
1: with the personal crisis kind of over, that's when she appears in Seven Year Itch, her last iconic film, the one with the white dress and the mm-hmm. subway grate. Mm-hmm. I wanted to tell you a story when I, about, that's gross, <laughs> when I lived in New York, um, I, so, I had 11 roommates. I think right. I told I really you this. but I Yeah. Um, eventually, my office got moved from Manhattan to Brooklyn. So, I had a much longer commute. Yeah. And uh, I would have to walk in the rain and the snow all the sure. time. And the first I'll couple uphill both ways. Uphill both ways. No shoes. No, I actually yeah. had these Walmart boots on that, like, because I would like, bring shoes sure. to change into. Sure. Um, but I remember walking there. And at first, I was like, okay, these grates are like really gross because they're coming from the subway and all this stuff. Yeah. After a while, I started to directly go above the grades because it was the first warm air it was warm. i was gonna yeah, get exactly it is disgusting but i was like yeah. I, I finally warm on my mile walk to yeah, work and yeah. uh so i get the the great thing but yeah that's that's was my basic knowledge of uh, marilyn monroe that, that, that seen the yeah. photograph
0: yeah. of her on standing on the subway grate.
1: yes yeah. and it's been recreated yeah. so yeah, many yeah. times yeah and, and
0: joe was there on the set Oh, okay. Not happy. Oh, come on. Did you? Not like that scene. You can't date a hot girl and get mad about hot girl shit. I know. And so it just, you know.
1: Yeah, that's, uh. that's. uh, she moves to, like I said, moves to New York City and joins the Actors Studio in 1955, reunites with Arthur Miller. Did he do Death of a Salesman? Yes, or that's oh, Arthur okay. Miller. Okay. All right. Okay. No. That's the, my one little yeah, factoid. I, well, Um The, the
0: uh, Death of a Salesman and The Crucible about Salem Oh, okay. Trials. That's yeah. him too. Okay. I mean, he's, he obviously wrote other stuff. But sure. But I that's, mean, that's those are the ones that come to most people's minds.
1: Right. Uh, she films Bus Stop in 1956 and Hollywood gets solid reviews. Uh, she wants to get greater control over her films, which is denied, causes Conflicts with studio bosses. This one, she apparently starts drinking more and taking mm. more pills. Never a good combination. No, it's not. And far too common for times back then, especially yeah. when people have like a well, doctor. Especially
0: in Hollywood. You yeah. All the studios just set you up with the studio doctor and they just prescribe anything you Good need to go as judy garland how well that worked out filming wizard of oz oh uh, so,
1: boy did look, you here's did you a watch... handful
0: of pills to wake up every day and here's a make sure you lose weight and here's a handful to to go to sleep go to sleep and we'll start over again tomorrow
1: honestly it hasn't changed so no, much it as really assembly hasn't. line. no you're right adderall and ambien yeah, yeah it really hasn't you're um right. she eventually has three miscarriages which i'm yeah. sure also fucks with her mental health and and everything else she films the prince and the showgirl it bombs uh then she films some like it hot like Mm -hmm. you said with jack lemon and tony curtis becomes a a favorite for millions of her fans including you apparently my favorite of her movies but behind the scenes she's falling apart um the miscarriages and things like that prescription drugs sleeping pills badly affected her work she's late she can't really remember her lines. Um, gets hooked up with Dr. Ralph Greenson, like we're talking about, the so-called psychoanalyst of the stars. Did we talk about him in a different episode? No, or there's just, just, been, sound there's so just many of them? been
0: so many people like him okay. over the last year in these episodes.
1: It's Got it. Okay, okay. Uh, July 1960, she filmed The Misfits. It was not pretty. Uh, the day after <laughs> filming completed, Clark Gable suffers a heart attack and dies. Yeah, no
0: kidding, right? And it's Shit. not a bad movie, but... Um, and that, I believe. Now, I could be wrong. Don't, I'm not. Don't quote me on this. See, you, you, you know, people can look things up. You used to be able to just make things up. Yeah. Know, but oh, now you can't. Back so, in the day, no, the I'm good just old kidding. days. Yeah. But I think, I think that was her only nude scene. Oh, film okay. Is okay, it's in the Misfits. I Got think.
1: it. I'm not gonna Google that later. It's fine. Um, and then, uh, so like you said, she gets committed, becomes kind of suicidal, locked up. Joe DiMaggio comes in to the rescue. Yeah. Um It's again. It's it's. Um, I don't know. It's upsetting to see just, uh, people, just struggling their, yeah, people, people struggling with their Yeah, people people struggling with their mental health, and to see that even people who might seem like they have everything, like. They don't, you know, or they're just as susceptible to these terrible things as, as we are. Uh, this next section I have titled "Hail to the Chief." Uh, so this is October 1961, <laughs> Marilyn has her first meeting with uh, John F. Kennedy. They meet again oh, yeah. in New York City, and then Palm Springs at Bing Crosby's, where their affair allegedly started. Um, I mean, so we don't have hard and fast proof, right? But like, they were, they were fucking right. Well, I, like, I, I probably we
0: assume so. I mean. I mean, just I and you know you base that on the fact that she was, I think, easily manipulated by power. I I, I see Kennedy as a as a Bill Clinton esque. Well type he talked he talked
1: about what quote like needing a new woman every couple yeah, of days. Like like, so I
0: mean he had a reputation as a dog, you yeah. know. And so I think that I would be very surprised if it's not true. Yeah. Um but I mean, we can't prove it, but we do know there were an awful lot of phone calls and an yeah, awful yeah. lot and there's 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 plenty of um, there's plenty of you know hit and miss kind of circumstantial evidence. Right. I don't think when there's no f- photographs <laughs> right, of them or anything right, right, or video right. or anything like that. So yeah, well, I, you know, it's, you know what?
1: Good for her. I hope if she yeah. If yeah, she, yeah, but
0: I no, I don't think so. You do I don't so? think that was a good thing. I what think a, that was what oh led her to her led mind. to everything. I okay. think, and I don't, I'm not even saying conspiracy here. I'm saying that Like mentally? that mentally that I think that he used her and manipulated her Uh in the same way that, well, look what happened to Monica Lewinsky. I mean, Uh, she's finally bounced back. Jesus, what a mess she had to go through. She was just a kid. That's very true. At least Marilyn wasn't a kid, but I still think she was easily manipulated.
1: Well, okay, two things. First off, Monica Lewinsky also badass bitch now uh, i love i, I, I love she's, uh,
0: she's great oh she's amazing i love she's, yeah, I she love really how, back she's so
1: open yeah. and like talks about yeah, stuff i really and, like her. And jokes about it too all right you know what you've convinced me now yeah fuck kennedy i'm mad well,
0: i mean you know i mean that doesn't mean that he was a bad president I, well I, i'm not talking you know, about politics i mean I just, outside of politics i don't think it, I, but i think his personal life like bill clinton's was and is well not kennedy <laughs> I going to say but, um, <laughs> but I think his personal life was a mess. Yeah, and well, he probably hurt he more away people. With, he got away with stuff his whole life yeah he came from a rich wealthy family from you know grew up in hyannis massachusetts and they're you know they're blue blood kennedys and they could do anything well didn't one of them actually get away with murder yeah they've got yeah literally got away with murder (laughs) and then there's old ted with the girl for the drowning we could go on and on and we don't need to i'm just saying that the kennedys were a train wreck too sure so and i think that they sort of I think Marilyn was collateral damage. Oh well, that's, that's my opinion. I was
1: just happy but. she landed a president, but now that you explain it that way, yeah, I don't um, see it as
0: yeah, mm. I don't see it as something good.
1: So. Well, damn. Well, yeah. I'm okay. I, you know what? I'm walking it. I'm walking back the jokes. Okay. I'm walking back the jokes. Okay. Uh, the studio stressed out about the cost of Cleopatra and right. wanted to cancel Marilyn's film with D. Martin. With D. Martin, right? Yeah. And which seem, I guess, nowadays, like looking back, obviously you have you know hindsight and all that, but it's like, wait, you want to like cancel this thing that. Cleopatra? I, yeah, no, I'm sorry. Oh, okay. um, they, I was going to say you want
0: to cancel something with Marilyn. Yes, I would. Yeah. Now yeah. I, I get right. like looking back, Cleopatra you Cleopatra's disaster.
1: Sure, I know. Like it
0: sucks. I haven't seen it. Not only does it suck, but it was so much money. Well, it's over budgeted, yeah. Completely waste of time. I was going to ask you if just, I should even check it out. Oh my God, no. It's so <laughs> awful. It's just one of those big costume drama things. It was just a, I mean, it was just a vehicle for Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton and who were both way too old to be playing those characters okay even then and uh, it's just it's an awful film and it's a, it was a disaster good to know lost so much money I
1: bet I bet in protest she flies to Maryland flies to New York City where she yeah. sings happy birthday uh, to Kennedy in the now infamous clip which made the studio bosses even angrier. She comes back, tries to be cool. She's fired for her quote unprofessional antics. Um, the studio also files a seven hundred fifty thousand yeah. dollars lawsuit against her. Um, and return uh, and try to get a recast. But Dean Martin's like, "No, I'm not going to work yeah, with I'm anybody else." Yeah, I'm not going to work with anybody else.
0: Which is, you know, it took it took some balls on his part sure. to do it. I mean, although he was, he's you know, he and Dean the Rat Martin. Pack were yeah. extremely famous at the time, and so he was able to throw his weight around, but. Well, I've always liked Dean Martin. Um, I've always found him to be like one of the laziest um, of the bunch of performers okay. Okay. just because he never had to try hard and he never did. I mean, it was always there, there was a quote about him that said, Dean is the nicest guy until he it's it's, and I'm paraphrasing yeah, but yeah. something about it. he's such a nice guy. He'll go out of his way to be nice to everybody until he runs out of nice. And that he just leaves. doesn't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I just, I, I don't know. I just always liked the dude. I mean, he was playing, he was he was not drunk, playing a drunk on stage, pretty so, much. So, have a a a apple and a juice? Cigarette. Yeah, it was all kinds of stuff. He'd never, he wouldn't really be drinking. He wouldn't really uh-huh. be drunk, but that was his shtick with Sammy and... Right you know, and 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 uh, and stuff and and hmm. Sinatra and stuff. Maybe, maybe and it,
1: that could be my persona. <laughs> he's just
0: he. Yeah, there you go. But he's. I just always liked him. I just always thought he seemed like such a cool guy. Yeah. You know, and maybe he wasn't, but his. He, it worked with me. His persona worked yeah. with me, and then you know when I came across this and he's like, nope, I'm not working with anybody else. I thought you know what, that's really cool. Right. So. Yeah.
1: No, I like that. he uh, said August first, so she signs a contract for two hundred fifty thousand more to finish filming. Something's got to give. Is this a common thing to like to, did isn't I, it worked out before was weird
0: i thought that was weird but maybe it was done differently then but that's yeah, a, yeah that's that's weird. Maybe they because of uh, there were going to be a lot more reshoots. or uh, okay, something. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, I was kind of curious was weird too yeah, about I that. It was
1: odd. <laughs> it's like I just be like Marilyn, you want to finish this fucking movie or not? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, right. What, no what, what are we doing here? Um, okay, Saturday, August fourth, nineteen sixty-two. Marilyn, Marilyn's home all day. Her only guest was her publicist Pat Newman that we know of. Uh, later reports claim robert kennedy visited visited but you said there's no proof of that right. this whole night and everything's messy it is as a mess. hell
0: yeah it's a mess and because there's, people there's don't no way tell to the know truth everyone was shit. lying well it's hollywood <laughs> yeah. lies about everything and that was the problem they were lying about everything and the cops were like what do we do with this I mean, yeah you know, well, because no one will tell us the truth so
1: what do you do yeah so you said she called um Peter Lawford and canceled the dinner invitation. He was concerned about her, but like not, yeah. he's, he's advised, like, but hey.
0: Everybody's like, oh, but you know, you don't want to go over there. It's going to look bad. What if she offs herself? Right, And then you'll have been around her house. And seriously. And, it, you know, because he's the president's brother-in-law, well, that's going to look bad. Yeah. So he doesn't go, but at least he tries to and at true. least continue to call and stuff. I wanted God. to say,
1: there was one time that this woman couldn't get a hold of me, and my little brother climbed up the balcony of my apartment, <laughs> slid open the door, walked in, shined a flashlight in my face, and I was like, "What are you doing?" And he goes, "I was just making sure you're okay." And then he just leaves, like did a wellness check on me like that. It's like, so I'm just saying, you know, it matters when people actually come through, yeah. And I you guess. Can help I guess. Out. Yeah. Um, Peter's unable to reach Marilyn. Calls her. Calls her agent because that's kind of like you said, yeah, like the Hollywood, Hollywood shit man. works. Yeah. Um, and then it's quote: "It is unknown how many other calls came into or were made from Marilyn's house that night. The yeah. Telephone and records for the night of August fourth mysteriously disappears Are yeah. being obtained by we authorities. We do know the phone that she company.
0: called Joe's Joe DiMaggio's son because he'd recently broken up with his girlfriend. Right. And they had been close. She right. was close still with Joe's son.
1: I was thinking son, about that. Like again." how, how cool would it nice be people. well how cool would it be to be like okay yeah. I'm, I'm upset about you know losing this girl whatever and yeah. then having fucking Marilyn Monroe Man- being like, like you know what you feel better yeah, yeah you're hot okay. honey you I'm got all right. like yeah, I'm yeah if Marilyn okay. Monroe's yeah. the one i'm talking to like i'm i'm good to go after <laughs> yeah. that um again the story keeps changing from oh God, eunice murray who's not a nurse but is yeah. kind yeah. of a
0: nurse it's a, it's yeah a spy for the doctor that's what yes think anyway time of death's
1: all over the place um Let's see. So her her
0: eventually, okay. She she dies. What, <laughs> right. What the hell do you think happened? I don't know, man. And who I, helped? I don't know. I mean, there's just there's been so many theories. Um, I mean, I I I mean, obviously something weird happened. I mean, why weren't there pills in her stomach? Yeah. You know, it just. I mean, she did she OD? Did she not OD? You know, they said she did. Did she do it herself? I mean, I can't see her. You know, everybody talk about. You know, well, maybe that somebody gave her. You know, all the pills and an enema. You know, and killed her that way. Because I can't imagine she'd have done that to herself. Yeah. I mean, you know. But
1: even also, why would the doctor do that? Yeah. Just to none see of it makes, I don't know. Happens. None of
0: it makes any sense. And. You know, I mean, there's there's so many theories. Um, you know, was it the mob? Was it, you know, was it revenge against the Kennedys, trying to make them look bad? And I, find, I don't know, man. I really don't. I, I just... It's so confusing, and there's so much stuff. Yeah. And it's so messy that it just... I don't know. I just if, feel like you start getting down this stuff, you're going down a rabbit hole and, and it, with, with with questions that will never be answered. Sure. You well, know, I tried to cover all that stuff. And, you know, in some of this stuff... And you did. I traced some of it back to Norman Mailer's biography, and people ask him, why. well, why did you say that? Well, because I needed money. Yeah. Oh, dude, well, that's really, you know... Reassuring. Um, and really, the way I look at it is there's just lots of people who were throwing in things that, you know anytime there was an odd time lapse or a weird story or something didn't seem right I mean the cops I mean don't get me wrong when the cops show up at the house they can't get the doctor and the nurse they can't get them to answer a question straight none yeah. of nothing they say makes any sense and so I mean the cops were suspicious of, of them but they couldn't prove anything there was just no actual evidence of what happened yeah and so it just I don't know. Just became a huge mess. I mean, maybe it was an accident. We'll, we'll never know. It didn't seem like that. It didn't seem like she would have committed suicide because things seemed to be kind of on an upswing again. But on the other hand, Who that really happens knows? all the time. Yeah. You know, but they seemed great, you know, or they seemed like they were doing so much better, and you, you don't know. I think that she had had a lot of psychiatric issues for a long time yeah i mean she was in i think fragile mental health fragile physical health parts of the time on all kinds of drugs up yeah. and down all over the place and i think that i really think hollywood just shoot her up and spit her out so, so even if that is even the, if is it the was case, a, even if she didn't commit suicide she did a heath ledger and just wh- took too much right but, but what know? do you
1: what do you think what would you say about the lack of drugs, they were, or I guess barbiturates in, in particular in her yeah. system, do you think that's a lie or a botched autopsy who thing? Knows? Or that's just, the thing. So Well, many, so We'll never ways. know.
0: There's just too many unanswered questions. And then, yeah. you know, you're talking about uh, Thomas Naguchi, who was the coroner, who
1: was you young and Yeah, you don't, well,
0: and you probably don't remember much about him, but there was a while, this might have been, man, I can't remember, but this might have been like late 80s. Mm-hmm. And he was famous for all the autopsies that he'd done and turn that into, like, a celebrity thing.
1: Oh, and it's wow. Like,
0: who does that? Yeah. Should you even be talking about this stuff? I mean, Probably this not. is... I mean, I suppose it's public record when it gets entered in, but, God, how tacky. It's like a part, like, I, a, he did, like, I a I lot of celebrity stuff? I just always thought he was a stuff? goof. Yeah, I just always thought he was... I don't know. He just never seemed reliable to me. But I, he, I maybe I was just turned off mm-hmm. by by him turning doing autopsies on celebrities like Belushi. And so he's like the Maryland coroner to the yeah, stars, yeah, kind of shit. Yeah, And it's like, huh, what is wrong with you? You ah. know, um. Wants but to I mean, he, and he's always got excuses about about, especially about. Oh, I was just starting out about Maryland's right, autopsy. right, right. And so that's a disaster. Nobody knows where the phone records are. I mean, there's just a it's just a mess and I don't think we'll never get to the bottom of it. I don't care. Every time a book comes along or movie comes along or whatever, that, oh, they're going to answer the question. Dude, that's like trying to tell, you, tell me that you know who Jack the Ripper was. No one knows. Yeah. No one's ever going to know. I'll know when I die. Sure. And then I'll find out that none of it was true, probably. But <laughs> um, And this is going to be the same kind of thing. We're, we're never going to know what really happened. There's yeah. just no way to solve this. it just isn't.
1: And it really seems like... Um, I know you didn't want to dive into the mob stuff. It just seems like if the mob well, wanted to connect it, it would, they yeah. probably would have done a better job. Yeah.
0: Well, mostly because... I mean, again, let's be honest. Mob guys are not exactly criminal geniuses oh, for the true. most part. That's I mean, true. that's a okay. That's I fair. mean, most of the mob stuff is a is Troy, a don't
1: talk shit on the mob yeah, right. right now. But oh, most fuck. of their
0: stuff is a is a is a club and stick kind of method of crime, which means that they just kill you if you get out of the way. Right? Would they really go to with some elaborate scheme like this? I mean, that's something like the CIA would do around this time when they're you know, trying to blow up exploding cigars on Castro and stuff. I mean, (laughs) you know, come on. And so, you know, this elaborate scheme of making it look like the Kennedys were involved I mean, they weren't going to do that. If they wanted her dead, she'd be dead. If they wanted to kill the Kennedys, they'd have killed the Kennedys. Yeah. And, and, well, maybe they did. Maybe they did. Somebody somebody did. did, Somebody did, uh, other than Sirhan Sirhan, the... uh, the uh, assassin who's so nice, you say his name twice. Yeah, get, um, you want to go into this? No, said, no, I don't. Okay, you said uh, it but all I'm saying, to. all I'm saying is that I don't, I don't, I don't buy that either. I think that either, either the doctor had something to do with it or it was an accident. Or yeah. she killed herself. There's three options Sure, that, that seem plausible. That seem plausible and I don't, and we'll, we're never going to know. Fucking, so.
1: if, I and, give up. We're and if things. it was an accident on either part, like, the doctors could have just been like, look, she fucking did it on accident. Like, why would they beat, why'd you, be? also, well, you know what, I don't know how I would act Well, either. but
0: here's the thing, though. Again, we're getting back into something that this was a different time.
1: Sure, okay. And
0: so you are dealing with a different kind of situation where um, she's a huge celebrity. Yeah. And do they want to talk about, does st- the st- st- studio? Want it known that she committed suicide? Fair enough. Wouldn't it be easier to make this all look mysterious? We know, we have, for a year now, we have, how many episodes have we dealt with where the studio came in? They were still powerful Mm -hmm. in the early 60s when they came in and cleaned up crime scenes, got rid of stuff. We'll never know. We'll never know if somebody didn't. Don't they
1: want to control the narrative, though? I feel like with this, it's like they're trying to be leaving it open. Well, but
0: by, by leaving it open... Mm-hmm. There's always a question of whether she killed herself. Oh, uh, all right. You know, and, and if you just leave it open, it could have been an accident. You know, I, I, you know. Troy, I don't know, I don't know
1: how Hollywood works, obviously. I know, I know. <laughs> I know yeah, yeah, me either.
0: Um, So, but I, you know, just going by some of the stuff we've dealt with, I mean, you, yeah. know you look at some of the dirty stuff the studios pulled over the years. I don't see where it's that hard to believe that they didn't control this narrative right. by making it look uncontrolled sure i don't know oh, yeah. i don't I mean, know i don't it, know it could have been I, I don't we i promise we wouldn't do this yeah but i yeah, wanted to um, get into conspiracies but i could, I could it's it could, it could be
1: something as simple as like there was a note and somebody took it well yeah absolutely. you know and yeah. like that's the,
0: it the nurse the doctor yeah, yeah um you know one of the cops who showed up we'll never know yeah could have yeah. been something that could have been something that easy you're right
1: anyway so. oh boy um on that happy note um let's <laughs> talk about maryland's ghost sure you mentioned pretty that, pretty busy, that, like Valentino, yeah, or or, or no. Lincoln or somebody, yeah. but um, Maryland's ghost. You said another hmm, distraught woman, um, yeah, and in Hollywood, woman with Anna Nicole life. Smith, yeah, did Maryland's house claimed, and yeah. that's like so fitting, it I is, guess, because it? of how that
0: all yeah. went down. Although, really talent and everything else, I think Mamie Van Doren's house would have been more fitting, but <laughs> okay. whatever. Um, she, she, you know, aspired to be Marilyn. Sure. So. Well,
1: I just think that, like, I was thinking about, you know, ghosts and ghost stories and why certain people might see them and all that, but, like, I guess it would make sense. It does. You know, it for It really a, does, because here's a
0: very troubled young woman like Marilyn with was. With drugs and with everything else. all and kinds and of stuff. And um, her seeing or, you know, having a connection with or encounters with Marilyn's ghost totally makes yeah, sense. yeah like it i'm really trying to does. save you from yeah what it happened, was like or... one of those things where when i first ran across that i was like well of course she did yeah. you know i mean it was like not a surprise at all yeah you know, so
1: and yeah, it's tragic it didn't work so i don't know so if you see a ghost try <laughs> stop <laughs> yeah, yeah. doing That's, what you're yeah, doing whatever it know. is if it's
0: connected to whatever you're doing at the <laughs> time. time you might want to
1: Take it Make as a bangs. sign? Yeah. I don't know. Easier said than done. Uh, <laughs> Hollywood Roosevelt, Roosevelt Hotel, she's seen in a mirror, which also makes sense if she's all about sure. being vain. Well, and I think the vanity. mirror used to
0: hang in her favorite suite, or at least right. that's what they said, so. Um, you said even Nick Lachey thinks he saw her ghost <laughs> in an well, elevator? Well, you know, there's... In 2006, he was... Still had a career. Ro- so. No, sure, yeah, no, it's just, Does he have one now? Is he game shows or something?
1: He does some shit like that, and I had Look, I got no beef with any boy band people, but, like, <laughs> it, but it, it is really random and funny that like he comes into this episode out of nowhere it is funny i love that he's gonna his name's gonna get a little google boost (laughs) and he's gonna probably freak out because someone there are
0: people listening to this going who the fuck is nick lachey so
1: Uh yeah and i i'm not gonna tell you um just google it because it'll be really funny um also actually now, when you start to look up things for the podcast, here's what I want people to do. Use Ask Jeeves because I want ask their... Ask
0: Jeeves? I want... That, even, that doesn't even exist anymore, it? still does. Is
1: it it, it re- redirects you to ask.com. But what I want uh, to... Uh, Troy, here's what I want to happen. I want their numbers to randomly spike and them to have no idea why or what's <laughs> happening. Okay. Just be like, we just got a huge bump, like a ask thousand... Jeeves. Just ask Jeeves where you have okay. a Google, or a Butler Google stuff. I really Google, didn't so.
0: think that was around anymore.
1: It's so. it's ask.com and who it's owned by some conglomerate, but it'd oh, okay. it just be funny
0: to me was funny.
1: Um, there's even at a bungalow in Lake Tahoe. Her ghost mm-hmm. is seen, and then her crypt in Westwood uh, Village Memorial Park, yeah. where, like you said, Joe DiMaggio sent flowers until his death
0: in what, 1999. 99? Yeah, every week, ro- Damn. red roses came for her. Damn, every week without fail. That's uh that that man fell hard. I know, you uh, know, and I you know I think I mentioned another place in the story instead of the end, but. I mean, right shortly before he died, he told his friend, well, I'm going to get to see Marilyn again. Yeah. you believe that? Jeez. Is that true love? Is that what that is? I guess it must be. Um, I'm sure that he regretted a lot. Yeah. You know, but there was talk of of them maybe getting back together. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was talk of that. So uh, that might have... Who knows? If she'd lived longer, maybe well, things obviously would have been different. I always think of that, and we lots of people we've talked about this season. What if they had lived longer? Yeah, you know. People like James Dean, Marilyn Monroe, you know, and all the musicians and things we talked about. I think about all the this, time.
1: Uh, uh Kurt Cobain talked about. Sure. He's like, he's like, right no, now, he's yeah, like, yeah,
0: but Kurt Cobain was doomed to die young. That was gonna happen. Well, this was a guy was like a walking billboard for suicide.
1: Well, let's uh, be yeah, honest. Okay, okay, okay but it was
0: no, not a shock.
1: I'm I'm only saying because sad, but not a shock. He, I'm only, I'm only bringing this up okay. because he said he said right now we jump around with our guitars and like smash it. He said I can't wait till the day that I'm older and I can just sit on a. With an acoustic guitar And just play The songs I want to play Sure And he wanted to be what like you, Johnny Cash kind of did. thing Well, he Well he did But uh, I, I well, think Unplugged if, Okay Oh my god Okay <laughs> Yes the one Nirvana thing okay. Everybody knows But, I know, but anyway still. I bring that up Because he he wanted that to happen in the future, but of course, yeah, you do that much heroin, like you're, yeah, you're, come on, man, yeah. yeah. But anyway, I wonder about those people yeah, too, I and what would have happened, and what what art would they have created, yeah, or what, what cool things would they, they
0: have done? Because I mean, you you know, the actors that did live to be quite a bit older, you know, that are still around, or at least live to be quite a bit older, you know, some of them did great things, some of them didn't, did nothing, you know, didn't really do anything, retired early and moved on. You know, or, you know, you're Shirley Temple. You become a UN ambassador. I mean, you know, and and leave it all behind when you turn 18. You know, it's, I mean, it just, there's such a different dynamic with all these people. And the ones who died tragically, the reason that we revere people like Marilyn, James Dean, Elvis, although Elvis outlived his usefulness as far as I'm concerned, but that's whatever. But the reason that we revere a lot of those people is because they did die young and left yep. all this potential, you know. Right. And so it's not surprising then that we also get ghost stories with these people.
1: Too. Sure. So. Yeah, because how many of them would have been like, if they if they had lived their lives, would be like, wait, Marilyn, who are you?
0: Yeah, it's certainly possible. Or let's say she stayed married to... Uh, James story back in sure, you know, yeah. I mean, what if? Yeah. You know, what if?
1: Not you everyone know. can become a Betty White where we must protect. <laughs> right, right, right. Her at right. All yes. Costs. At all
0: costs. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh man. Um okay, that's the story on Marilyn Monroe. I want to give the
0: end of the season.
1: That's the end of the season. Yeah. I want to give a quick a uh, couple of Patreon shout-outs to new subscribers for helping us keep the show going and, and doing the bonus episodes like you said we're going to keep doing once oh, the sure. season yeah, ends. Yeah,
0: we we do have a few more Hollywoods stories and, uh, and we're, for we're gonna, our patreon we're
1: gonna people. do some hollywood stories and then um i think i'm just gonna start interviewing people yeah. that do random stuff in yeah. our kind of realm yeah, yeah. and, and world got, because yeah we got we a have lot, of, lot of technology plans
0: on stuff we finally get together with yeah technology that we've been able to upgrade to. there's a, yeah there's a lot of fun yeah. people
1: i want to talk to so i just want to give a quick shout out to chris diane patty sarah katrina wendy Leba, liba i don't know tim and maggie um, so thank you so much for supporting the show sure. on Patreon. Again, it helps us do what we want to do. It is now time for our Ghostwriter segment. If you have a question or comment about the world of the macabre, you can email us at AmericanHawningsPodcast at gmail.com. This email is from Jordan. Um, he included his Instagram handle, so I'm guessing he wants me to include that. Um, but it's Santana on fire. The email says, first and foremost, love the pod, even season one, in parentheses. Uh, (laughs) Long-time listener, sometimes emailer, Instagram, commenter, tagger. Honestly, your podcast is the podcast that got me into podcasts. I'm so sorry. Um, And now (laughs) now I I listen to them more than music, reserving music mostly for my vinyl collection. actually use a semicolon here in the correct way, and I appreciate that. because
0: obviously someone that much smarter than we are. Dude, I have no idea (laughs) how to really use
1: one. Um, (laughs) Love the movies you cover in this episode. No objections. Have some movies I need to rewatch now. Now, watch the Changeling on Troy's recommendation oh, the loved it episode, yeah, right, yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. Um, the reason a couple of people complain about a couple things I left off I saw that too but remember too. the reason I left them off is because I didn't really like them that much yeah they're our favorites um, <laughs> yeah, they might have been fine but I and, didn't you know I don't like Texas Chainsaw Massacre that much I, I see it's for what it is but,
1: and, and let know. me I want to let people in on a little industry secret here so when BuzzFeed writes a uh, an article the top 10 um, horror movies mm-hmm. in the 1990s they leave off one or two of the biggest ones just to, to get you to yeah. comment right. because it right. shows Facebook hey this post is engaging sure. they do it to fuck with you and yeah. you your hate literally fuels them <laughs> and sometimes maybe well, when we no do this no one
0: hated thing. on us they just wanted oh like, I know get, I know I, this or that and I'm like just, well there you, know, yeah, you know I just want to let fan. people know
1: that's you know how Zuckerberg and Meta or whatever were now that's a whole yeah, other thing. Understand that. So the reason I write today is because back to the email. The reason I write today is because there's an occasional. is that
0: the social media company that Ryan was trying to start on the office?
1: No, that was.
0: <laughs> so they seem like the same thing. People to me, did so. bring
1: that up oh, they in really? memes <laughs> and memes, funny. but um, <laughs> that was that was a dip that was Wolf. Um, so oh, was,
0: yeah, 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 Wolf. That's anyway. Great. Um, sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. Jordan
1: email. Okay, uh, the reason I write today is because there's an occasional mechanical wearing sound in the background of the recording <laughs> at the at least toward the beginning. Um, more that it, it gave me nostalgia for HP season one. Uh, I tease, I tease. <laughs> I have your Patreon. Love you guys. It sounds like our litter robot when it rotates the sift the litter. Look it up if you have a cat. Um, uh, yeah. And so I said more than that, our cat likes to fuck with it when it's cleaning itself, uh, which causes it to stop and then start again a little later. It was tripping me out. While I was listening to the episode. I kept poking my head around to the bathroom where it is and nothing no cat little robot glowing blue sitting at the ready um, for some cat turds to clean then I realized it was almost imperceptible sound in the background of this episode it stops at the first 10 minutes or so all that to say good job spooking me out even if unintentional keep up the good work love your horror movie recap episodes almost as much as the regular episodes Cody your friendship with Sean O'Connell turned me on to the real blend podcast thus expanding my podcast playlist my opinion review of their pod will certainly give you a shout out um I wanted to bring this one up specifically today because Troy and I were talking earlier about, um, we heard like kids and people yelling yeah. and shit earlier and we were saying how like most of the time you can't hear them. I know what this sound was. It was the air conditioner that kicked on when we were in oh, the room the other day. Yeah.
0: We had, we were in a big party room. Yeah. And the air, um, the air kicked on. It was, yeah. And, and then it, it was, stopped and I turned it right. off it's after not that. Like where we normally record. Yes. We're set, we're set up somewhere. And else. I remember when it did, I was yeah. like,
1: I was like, I don't think anyone can hear yeah. this at this point, yeah. but Jordan called it out. His, but his
0: ears were too finely tuned. They were. Yeah. Show. Did you
1: have headphones in? Um, just listen to it on your phone while you're yeah. cleaning your yeah. apartment, like yeah. a normal while person. While the vacuum
0: is running. Yeah. Hair dryer's on, whatever it The blender's great. going. The show sounds great. <laughs> yes, under those circumstances.
1: It's great. Um, yeah, but uh, I just thought it was really funny because Troy and I were talking about earlier. Like nobody can hear these little demonic kids <laughs> yeah. and people in the hallway Somebody and shit. Up, and I was like, yeah. wait, George. And, like, and then we're like,
0: okay, so we really need to do this studio <laughs> thing, don't we? <laughs> I guess we better work on that. We
1: should, so. but it keeps things interesting. Keeps know, me on my toes. I know. But um, I still
0: remember when we used to have the the kids screaming in oh, the pool, in and we get messages from people about ghostly I hear like these ghostly voices of children yeah we know
1: yeah we, <laughs> we know. know thanks <laughs> fuck that's all I got dude what do you have to take us out for season okay. 5 so, of the podcast all right. so I,
0: I i the the deal was that i could do this thing that i wanted to do um, what what deal with who one, who did I, you with make you. a deal and okay. then i said that i, was, I would no. let you no. uninterrupted read the end okay. if you let me play one last Orson Welles commercial I had people asking oh, me okay. For Orson Welles So the deal is
1: I let you play this shit And then I get to do my shit And, and I will not interrupt you Alright okay Per this deal <laughs> That I didn't know about Sure well, For the know, last time Yeah play your Fucking Orson Welles And let's <laughs> Let's just get this over with
0: I like to cast a party the way I cast a play with very special people. in the champagne champagnes be equally special. song mm-hmm. a premium California champagne. Okay, I, I mean, can't
1: do this. So this episode of the American Hauntings podcast oh, was written man. by Troy Taylor. It is produced so and because edited because by me. You so you if you're not a regular listener of the podcast, you're going to be really confused right now. But we hope you'll check out a bi weekly dose of history, hauntings, legends, lore, and the dark side of American history. You can find and subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere you listen to man, your favorite songs shows, see the website at AmericanHawksPodcast.com for more info so about unfair. the show, notes, photos, links, and more of Troy Pouting. If you're a regular listener, we'll oh, hope you'll pouting. take the time I'm to review angry. us on Apple so, Podcast app just and share angry. the show with neighbors, relatives, uh, friends, people you pass on the street, whomever. Okay, because I'll have the last laugh when we I
0: have the entire Orson Welles episode. and wouldn't do the yes.
1: show without you. For if, if you're people. a fan, so then you, you also know that American Hogs is not just this podcast. It's books, tours, you events and more and our main website is americanhauntings.net and for those of you who write uh, to us and tell us you wish we posted shows more often especially about Orson Welles apparently <laughs> you can have fresh content if you support the show on Patreon that's not about the only Orson part Wells. that you get either yeah you get so, shit about Orson Welles we have other stories
0: there's discounts Lots, there are shirts, tons of episodes
1: stuff in the mail a bunch bunch of stories Troy does Troy's uh, never ending well of just a Orson Welles information um, but for those right. who just don't understand how important our Patreon jealous. is so go back you and listen to the first and season and then listen to this podcast. one yeah that's right Patreon is what made it all get better we weren't arguing or anything in the first <laughs> season um, so check it out at patreon.com slash American Hauntings and if you have comments about the show suggestions reviews jokes or just want to tell us what you really think of us I'm not going to care until season six. So let us know. We're reachable <laughs> via email. Hey, should we give some, On Twitter. Should, you
0: know, we didn't talk about Instagram, that. Instagram, Facebook, messaging. No, seriously, token. though. We didn't talk about what kind of rough schedule that we were going to have as far as the next season goes. Oh. So yeah. We probably should have done that before now in case anyone tuned out after the Orts of Wells.
1: This is probably the best time to discuss this. Yeah,
0: it probably is because we really don't know what we're talking about. Or but we, don't. we are going to do. Uh, there will be a trailer coming up soon for the next season for yes. season 6 and then we will begin that when we will have a hard date for you when we do that as far as when we're going to start the episodes but it will be in January Perfect. Uh, but between now and then, we will also have our year-end movie episode that we always oh, yeah. do at Christmas time.
1: And we can tell people during that episode, maybe at the beginning, maybe yes. not literally before the literal last line of the podcast, <laughs> yeah, we can tell it, people literally when the, this is going to oh, happen. it really is the last it line. It really is Holy the last Holy crap, I didn't line. realize that, so. So, until next season, <laughs> yeah, I yeah, guess, if yeah. you're a regular listener, goodbye, so, so long. long. Bye, guys. See thank you later. Thank you. Thank you. Oh. All right. That's just under an hour. Oh, wow. That was a good one. I feel, like we, I feel like we got into some yeah, really fun, I interesting that stuff.